the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! All right, welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast special guest. Harry Schrader today. Uh, he's a writer with Mid-Major Madness, ValleyHoopsInsider.com. You can find him on Twitter at FatherHarry1. Harry, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Pre- really appreciate it. Really glad to be here. We, we bumped into each other in some mutual press conferences recently, and so it's fun to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I was sitting right in this very chair. I had my two different computers going. We were doing the Ohio Valley Conference and the Missouri Valley Conference at the same time. That's one of the things we got to, you know, I, I tweeted about that. I'm like, I know it's a bit selfish, but I think some of the mid-majors need to align their media days a little bit better, especially the OVC and MVC together. I mean, they're looking for that coverage and now they're cutting that in half, you know? I told those guys they're killing me. I know those guys super well. Uh, Kyle Schwartz, who is the PR guy for them, and then Mike Kern, who's the PR guy for the MVC. And I told them both, I said, you're killing me. If for nobody else, change it for Harry. But they didn't listen. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, Kyle and Mike, two are the best in the business. Oh, absolutely the best. So, yes, sir. So I'm going to uh, run through the Missouri Valley Conference with Harry. You know, he knows it better than just about anyone. So we are going to focus a little bit more on some of the top end, the Loyolas, the Drakes. Um, Harry's pretty uh, up on Northern Iowa again this year. So we'll touch a little bit about them. Um, so, I mean, obviously last year, this is a two bid league. When was the last time the MVC was, was a two bid league? Any, any, any recollection on that? Well, Oh, six and Oh seven, they, in Oh seven, they had four and, uh, and, and two of them went to the state though. Yeah. Right. And and two of them went to the sweet 16 and and Wichita state wasn't one of them that went to the sweet 16. And, uh, and so, uh, they've had that. It's been three or four years prior to that before they had a second one. Uh, and they're just, you know, climbing back into that stratosphere, we hope anyway, as a, as a Valley fan. So Loyola, the MVC champs, 26 and five, 16 and two in conference, you know, obviously another sweet 16 run, deep run, Cameron Krutwig, Cameron Krutwig gone, Porter Moser gone. I mean, one, let's start with just the, the exit of those two. And, um, how key is it for them, and, and how do they sort of balance that? They, they do have everybody back other than Crutwig and everybody back other than Moser, right? Now, those are big, stinking losses. Porter Moser's a dynamic coach, motivator of men's, uh, really outstanding strategist, uh, and, and that team is put together based on him. Now, now Drew Valentine, who has replaced him, uh, has been there the last four years, and the players there love him, respect him. Uh, but the question's out, right? That 18 inch, you know, slide over one chair, that's a big slide. And so I, I'm a big Drew Valentine fan, but the question is going to be whether or not he can do that job. Loyola has been outstanding all four years that Crutwig was there. Uh, 
And so you wonder how much of it was just Cameron Crutwig and Moser and that perfect storm, but they literally have everybody back and two all Ivy league guys on the team as well to add into that other than Crutwig. And so uh, I expect them to be very good this year, but I think their people will have, will be skeptical in that sense of wanting to see how well they perform for Drew Valentine and, and, and how they feel, finish that hole in the middle and they've got guys though they've got three guys that I think can contribute and do a nice job in the post yeah you know I was very skeptical about Drew Valentine you know obviously I don't know as much about him as you do um but just sitting on that conference call with him and just kind of he's got the it you know um he's got a really good just vibe and I think he's going to be a good leader of young men and Obviously, he's very charismatic. That's going to go well in living rooms and on Zoom calls now, you know, in recruiting. <laughs> um, but, but I think that I'm more worried about the Krutwig exit than I am about Drew Valentine being able to, uh, you know, a, a, a very senior or certainly an older group. Um, so you mentioned the two transfers coming in. So we got Ryan Schweiger from Princeton and... Chris Knight coming in from Dartmouth. Well, I don't know too much about them other than they got to be smart kids. They're Ivy League. That's right. right? That's right. They're smart. They're Ivy Leaguers. Uh, they, they expect Knight to get a lot of time in the middle. And people will remember in that Final Four team, they had a guy named Andre Jackson who came off the bench and was a very different player than Crutwig and uh, just gave them a different look, a different feel. And, and Valentine and others have likened Chris Knight to Andre Jackson a guy that can come in and, and, and do some of those kind of slashing to the basket things rather than a post player. Last year, Mike Hudson uh, kind of took over the backup job late in the season for Loyola, but Tom Welsh was another guy. Those two guys kind of alternated season all season long, kind of being Crutwig's backup. And, and I'm, and the people I talk to in, in Loyola tell me that Mike Hudson has like reformed his body. He's bigger, he's stronger. And so I think between those three guys, uh, they'll be fine in the post. A Schwieger is a guy that uh, scored double digits in the Ivy League. Obviously, we haven't seen him. The Ivy League didn't even play last year. And so, uh, it, but he's a scorer. And he's, a, he's another one of those wing guys. Porter Moser and now Valentine have been great at recruiting those players that can do what the coaches love, dribble, pass, and shoot. And Schwieger can do all of those. Yeah, so Chris Knight, two-time All-Ivy Leaguer, um, average with, I got him at 14.8 points per game. That's 2019-20, as Harry mentioned. Right. They sat out last year, the Ivy League. So certainly bringing in some good pieces. Now, Lucas Williamson flirted with the NBA draft, came back. I mean, for my money, I mean, you know, the past couple of years when there was key moments when things weren't going well, Cameron Crutwig put the team on his back. I think this year, Lucas Williamson has to be that. I mean, is he capable of of carrying that load? Uh, He, all four, uh, I'd say the last two, two and a half years, he has been the emotional leader of this team. Crutwig was the guy that they looked to to make something happen. But in big moments, you'd see Lucas Williamson hit the big buckets, get the big stops. Uh, the best defender in the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, one of the national magazines just called him one of the top 10 or 15 defensive players in the nation. He can do it defensively, uh, is a good outside shooter as well, can slash. I think he is the guy they're looking to, uh, to be that leader, the guy that's going to settle them down and also rile them up when they need to get, when they need to get stirred up a little bit. He's that kind of guy. He's the guy that'll make a big stop, make a big dunk, and then, you know, cheer like crazy. And the whole team seems to elevate with Lucas Williamson. And also I always got to show love to my Canadian guys. Uh, was it a hair? You how do you say his last name? <laughs> Ugok. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugok. Yes. Okay. 
Edmondson, Alberta guy, so uh, nice player. Uh, a good defender. Like he was an all-valley all defender last year, uh, a good rebounder. Not tremendously skilled offensively, but he's he's the master of the stick back, you know, the master of the, the find the loose ball and put it in, and a, an elite defender. And Ugwak is a, a very important part. He started all last year and, and probably will again this year. So, I mean, final on Loyola, can, are they capable of repeating? Is, is it their conference to lose? Oh, I, I wouldn't say it that way. I think there are four teams that can win this, and one of those four should win it. That, that sounds like a real political answer. Maybe I should be talking to senators in Washington, D.C. right now. But, but I think there are four teams that are really outstanding, and, and Loyola is one of them. And I, and I think in the preseason poll, maybe Drake was picked. I can't, I can't remember, actually, right now. But they have it. You mentioned Drew Valentine having it. Uh, they have it. They know how to win games. Knowing how to win, expecting to win is just huge in any sport and any line of work. And and they have that. And they've got talent everywhere. Braden Norris is an outstanding point guard. Uh, Kennedy and Clemens are tremendous wings. Uh, you mentioned Uguak, who's a, a great little power forward. The, the other guys coming off the bench. Uh, listen, they're going to be very difficult to beat this year. And the team that I thought last year, I'll be honest, I was kind of not sold on Loyola down the stretch. Um, I was sort of thinking Drake was, was going to be the team. Um, you know, DJ Wilkins, Roman Pan, Tank Hemhill, Hemhill, all these guys back this year. Mm. Um, the only guy they lose, Joseph Yesifu to uh, Kansas uh, via transfer, but pretty good core um, team that went 26 and five. How do you see Drake shaping up this year? Well, that's why they were the number one team in the recent poll. Uh, listen, everybody back except Yesifu, and then they get Darren DeVries' son, Tucker, uh, signs there, a top 100 player, best player in the state of Iowa, goes to Drake this year. And, uh, and so they have seven, eight guys that uh, could start really for anybody in the league. Dude, what do you know about uh, Darian's kid? Because I saw that was a roster. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is this a Buddy Bayheim or, you know, or is this um, – Who's the kid? Saul Smith. Remember Tubby Smith's kid? You know what I mean? <laughs> I had no business wearing a Kentucky shirt, but yeah. hey, you know, it is what it is. So where, where is, where's his son kind of, um, I mean, you mentioned top 100 player. What other yeah. offers did he have? Oh, he had offers from a number of places. Creighton was a place that offered him. I know. And, and, and some others. Yeah. He's six, six can fill it up from deep, can get to the rim. Uh, was their Gatorade player of the year in the state of Iowa, his team, uh, was either won the state championship or was in the state final two or three years in a row. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's a legit player. And, uh, and if I, if I was Darren, I would be having Tucker come off the bench, but he, but uh, you know, they have a guy named Garrett Sturts who's a two-time all bench player who had to start last year when a number of the players got injured. And so if I, if you put Tucker in the starting lineup and let Sturts come off the bench, like he's used to, I think they are a really a dynamic team. You know, Darnell Brody, their center is a guy that's beefy enough to bang with the other big centers in the league. But uh, you mentioned DJ Wilkins, an outstanding three-point shooter. Roman Penn, if you look up point guard in the dictionary, his picture is there. I mean, he is just a dynamic mid-range game. He's not like going to launch him from deep, but he finds the open man and that 15-footer, he is sweet. Uh, Tremel Murphy is back, who does a little bit of everything for them, gets five, six rebounds, is going to get 10, 11 points, and a real leader on that team. Yeah, I think they're loaded, and I think they're going to be outstanding this year. 
So bringing one transfer in, a D2 transfer from Omaha, Io Akinwole, I mean, D2 kid, I don't know too much about him, but, you know, talked about this uh, when I was doing my SOCON preview with John Hooper, another mid-major madness guy, is, you know, a couple, uh, I think Furman brought in a D2 kid, and I said, well, it worked out well for Winthrop the past couple of years with Chandler Vaudrin, so there are guys from D2, oh, and you know anything about this kid? Uh, just that they're very high on him. I haven't seen him, don't know a lot about him, and you know, I'll tell you a funny story. Going back to Loyola for a minute, uh, they have a, a left-handed player. Shoot, I can't even think of his name right now. Two years ago, he was a, a D2 transfer from some little school in Illinois. And I knew he was a grades kid. You know what I mean? Like he had good grades, you know, and he was going to boost the, the GPA for the team. And he, and he makes the, the third team all-conference team, you know. And, and, and so there are players out there that, that can really do it. They just were under-recruited early. A lot of people have told me, coaches have told me, when you see transfers and guys going up or going down, it is, it's a recruiting adjustment down the line. We figured out, oh, he's pretty good. You know, Indiana State's got three of them this year coming from their old coach, uh, their new coach, Josh Schertz's old school. And, and I do think that he's going to see a number of players like that in this crazy portal situation that we're in now. They're going to change levels and still be successful. Now they lose Joseph Yesifu to Kansas, I mentioned. And for my money, I mean, he wasn't even, you know, I, you could argue he's not even in the top five best players on that team last year. So not a huge uh, loss in it. I mean, a bit surprising that, I mean, obviously he's still a young guy. He's still got what, three, four years of eligibility left, mm -hmm. but um, I don't think that's going to hurt them too much heading into this year. I, I think it hurts them in depth only. What I mean by that is he was coming off the bench last year and, and was a dynamic bench player. When Penn and Hemphill both got hurt, he and Sturts ended up in the starting lineup. Yesifu gets into the starting lineup and start, starts throwing in 20 every night. You know, and, and so he was just a revelation then. Like he had been a good bench player and became a dominant scorer and was huge for them, uh, both in the MVC tournament, the end of the regular season, and then even in the NCAA tournament. I was shocked Kansas wanted him. I mean, he's a good player, but I was shocked by that. And it hurts them in depth, but I don't think it hurts them in – uh, if depth becomes an issue, obviously that's a, a key thing, but he would be one of the top seven or eight guys on the team only. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the Kansas thing. not saying the guy can't play high major ball, but Kansas, you know, a six foot guard. And so for my money, that's a kid you're going to see, you know, drop back down to an MVC or OVC. Wait, waving towels. He'll be waving towels this year. Yes. You know, yeah, on the bench. Yeah. So we may see him back in the MVC uh, <laughs> before too long, but yeah, I mean, for, for my money, um, I like Drake as the favorite. Um, that's my prediction coming out of the MVC is. I, I will say this. Darren DeVries is spectacular. Like he is as good as they come as a coach. You know, he sat there 20 years at Creighton uh, serving under both Dana Altman and, and McDermott and, wanted the Drake job and applied for it like three times and finally got it the third time. And all they've done is won 20 plus games every year he's been there. And uh, he's been the coach of the year twice in three years. He is a terrific coach. Now, all of this group that this back again for their seventh or eighth year, they all came with him. Uh, they were all came in under him and three of them, two or three or four of them played at Florida Southwestern state college and came with, you know, all came in a package deal. And uh, so they're, this is their chance, their final kick at the can. But yeah, they go to the NCAA tournament last year, won a game. You mentioned that now quickly, because we got to get on to some of the others. But is that a coach you could see maybe looking for other opportunities in a positive way at the end of this year? Uh, you could. My, my hesitancy in saying yes is that he really wanted this job. 
He played at Northern Iowa um, and wanted this job at Drake and got it. If Iowa, Iowa State, something like that came up, maybe something in the upper Midwest potentially. Uh, But I think he loves uh, Des Moines and he loves the Iowa lifestyle. And and so I think he's less likely than some others. So we'll get on to Missouri State, 17 and 7 last year, 12 and 6 in conference, led by Dana Ford. It's a guy that I've interviewed a couple times over the years, going back to when he was at Tennessee State. Got a decent relationship with him. Good guy. You know, talk about some of that it factor. Certainly has right. that charismatic guy. Um, you know, what do you know about Missouri State? To me, they were just kind of um, not a terribly exciting team to watch. You know what I mean? Drake, Loyola, they, they're kind of, uh, you know, they have they can take you on a ride. Missouri State, it was a little bit cookie-cutter basketball, but, hey, 17-7. Um, so where do you see them kind of shaping out this year? Like you, I love Dana Ford. They they might be, frankly, uh, they might be the best, most talented team in the league. Three year, two years ago, they were picked first but finished sixth. Last year, they were picked, I don't know, fifth and finished third or something like that. Uh, Gage Prim is the best big man in the league. And frankly, he might have been the best big man in the league last year. Uh, he's dynamic. Uh, great rebounder, great, shoe, uh, great scorer, runs the floor like no other 6'9 guy I've seen in years. Uh, he is a dominating force, passes it well, uh, like Crutwig in that regard, an, uh, an outstanding passer. Uh, and then, and then Isaiah Mosley is probably the most electric player in the league, led the league in scoring last year, almost 20 a game, uh, didn't make the all freshman team two years ago. And Dana Ford was a little salty about that. I, if you know, Dana, you know, he can get a little salty and, and he was unhappy that his guy didn't make the all freshman team. Well, he kind of turned him loose and the kid torched the league, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so there, those two guys are the, the, the players that they can build around 17 and seven, as you mentioned, Jamonte Black is another guard for them, played high school ball with Mosley. He was the captain of the team. They were they won the state championship. Another one of their teammates plays at KU. Uh, they were dynamic. Uh, and then uh, DeMarcus Sharp is a really another, another solid guard as well. What they did, though, in the offseason is uh, they signed Donovan Clay, who was borderline all-conference player at Valparaiso, 10 points a game, about six rebounds, good defender, good shot blocker, just a sophomore. And so he gives them some depth that they didn't used to have and some size they didn't used to have and, and frankly, some toughness. Uh, and, then, and, and then they sign one of the best high school players in Missouri, Isaac Haney, 3,100 points in high school or something like that. And then they also sign Jalen Minette, who uh, scored, you know, 1,000 points, 1,400 points at Uwe Pui, Indiana University, Purdue of Indiana or whatever they saw when they say all that. With nine vowels and consonants. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he he scored 1,400 points as the all-time leading three-point shooter at Uwe Pui. And so they had their, what Dana Ford at the end of last year, they said, how do you look back at your season? He said, depth. We didn't have depth. They have depth now. They have quality depth. I wrote a story about this recently. I'm a big Dana Ford guy, and I think Missouri State is – super talented uh they went uh see if i can remember the numbers they went one no they went two and six or something like that against northern iowa loyola and drake last year they went on three against drake oh and two against loyola can they beat those better teams they annihilated everybody else you mentioned 12 and six they went one and five i think against those other guys and so uh that's the question can they I, i said it in an article can they play their best when the lights are on you know, and when the big lights, the bright lights are on and they have the talent, no doubt. And, and Dana Ford is one of my favorite guys. I used to cover him when he was at Tennessee state and I cover him 
in the Missouri Valley as well. And uh, yeah, I look for big things from them if they can get over that hump. Yeah, that's, you know, I mentioned uninspired basketball. That's what I saw. A lot of the games I watched was them playing Drake and them playing Loyola because those are the teams I'm focused on. And I wasn't seeing a ton out of them, but I did. I was, I was watching some footage last night on Jalen Minette, um, the, the transfer, the three-point shooter. I like him. Um, and I like his, just his vibe, his attitude as well. I think he's going to be a uh, you know, key player off the bench, excuse me, for that team. So moving on to Indiana State, speaking of uninspired basketball, um, <laughs> this is the team I just was painfully bored with last year, 15 and 10, 11 and 7 in conference. You know, they bring in a couple transfers from Lincoln Memorial, which I don't know, what is, is that Juco D2? What is that? It's Division Two. Okay. Yeah, Coach Shirts, Josh Shirts came from Lincoln Memorial. That's where he coached. And it had like an 83 winning percentage. I mean, the guy dominated Division II. When they hired him last year, he was playing in the Final Four in Division II basketball. Um, he is going to play. They're going to play up and down. You're not going to be uninspired watching them this year. Uh, they're going to play up and down. They're tenacious defenders, at least his MO is to pressure, 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 and run. Pressure, 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 run. And uh, that's one of the reasons he brought three of his guys with him to teach the other guys how to play his style of game. Uh, though two or three of those players, you know, likely will, will get in the rotation. Uh, but the big key for him was Tyreek Key coming back and Cooper Nice coming back. Tyreek Key, I think seventh or eighth all-time leading scorer there at Indiana State. And, you know, because of the NCAA uh, giving everybody an extra year, decided to come back. Cooper Nice came back. And those are solid leaders as well as uh cooper nice a dynamic player and uh so having those two guys back and julian larry who was their point guard a year ago uh who struggled had a freshman struggle uh but former coach greg lansing was super high on him and coach shirts has now told me that the offseason has been uh amazingly important for julian larry to get more used to it you remember all these incoming guys last year had virtually no offseason didn't know what college basketball was going to be like, didn't get to get into the weight room and all that kind of stuff like they normally are. So for these guys, some of them to have a, a, a normal off season, get in the gym, get in the weight room, uh, learn the system more and more. So I expect some big things from Julian Larry as well. You mentioned Josh Church, you know, having a great winning percentage at D2. It's like, you know, I do well picking up the ladies at the dive bar down the street, <laughs> but when I go when I go to the nightclubs in downtown Toronto, not so much. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, again, that's the question, right? You never know about a guy until he gets there. Yeah. What you do know is he was dynamic there. They they had a, a a system there. I mean, almost nobody played their freshman year. He redshirted everybody, and and he just built a program. And so, a guy that is a builder gives me confidence, right? If I'm a Sycamore fan, listen, I love Greg Lansing, personal friend. So I was mad. I wanted them to get a bad coach. And then I met Shirts, and he's just, darn it, he's a nice guy. And, and, he, and he really is, is building the right way. And, and so they might be terrible this year, but they might be good. You know, he's, he's going to use a system that nobody in the Missouri Valley is used to playing. And so he's going to be that one-off in everybody's schedule that plays differently than everybody else. And if you've got Tyreek Key, who's going to get 20, you know, every night, you, you've got something else, else to build around. 
So moving on quickly, and then we got to kind of speed through some of the others here for the yeah, last. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thing. I'm no, 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 no. It's great. Hey, good content. It's all right. So <laughs> I got to get to pay for the the ultimate plan soon. But uh, so Northern Iowa, a team that you're really high on, ten and fifteen yeah. last year, seven eleven in conference, but layout. You know, lost the key player early. Just kind of layout uh, that scenario for them, and and why you think um, they're going to be a much improved team this year. Well, they were they, coming into last season, they were picked number one in the Missouri Valley Conference. They were the odds on favorite. Everybody knew Northern Iowa was going to win the league. They have the best player in the league and A.J. Green, uh, who was the player of the year, got the trophy and, and all that the year before. And he was the preseason player of the year. Goes down three games in. He was averaging 22 a game. Uh, and just in those opening three games, goes down with a hip injury, misses the rest of the year. Uh, the guy that probably would have run point guard for them, Antoine Kimmins, leaves the team to take care of family during COVID. So now they're down. Honestly, they're starting backcourt. Uh, and, and so they never really did recover. Early in the year, Trey Burhau, who's a double-digit scorer, uh, started a little slow, was came, coming off an injury himself. So they were pick number one. They lose their best player, and they have a terrible year. He's back and nobody else is gone. The team that was picked number one a year ago is all back with him back, as well as a number of those players that were kind of force fed some playing time. Bowen Bourne, who was the uh, Gatorade player of the year in Iowa the year before Tucker DeVries uh, is back and, and, and playing and, and had it was on the all freshman team last year for Northern Iowa. Austin Fife, who was an all league guy two years ago when AJ Green was healthy, his game just, you know, dipped a little bit without AJ being around. He's a center and they, they run pick and roll all day long with those two guys. And, and so Fife uh, is back and Burrow is back and a couple of other their guys, Taiwan Pickford, who's been an all league guy is back. They've, they probably have six or seven guys that have had all league kind of honors at some point all on their team still this year. I, I and, and Ben Jacobson is an off the charts coach. I mean, off the charts, outstanding coach. And so, you know, they, as, as you, your fans know, uh, you know, they've been to sweet 16s, they've beaten Kansas and North Carolina and those kinds of teams, because we, we don't call him Jake, the giant killer for nothing. He really knows how to get his guys in the right situation in the right circumstance. And, and frankly, they were playing their best basketball at the end of last year. I think they won four of their last five and then had a, a COVID problem at the Missouri Valley tournament and didn't get to participate, uh, but they're, they're going to be outstanding. So, it, so it is, it's Loyola Drake, Missouri State and Northern Iowa, I think is going to be outstanding theater this year to see who, you know, finishes on top. You were talking about no transfers coming in, but in essence, I mean, A.J. Green is kind of like their transfer. I got to really play yeah. it now. So it's, hey, if you don't really need to go get new guys when you got guys like that coming back, right? Yeah. Now, now the one concern for them is Bowen Bourne did break his non-shooting wrist a couple of weeks ago. They expect him to be back, but you never know how much those things kind of linger. So I'm joined by Harry Schrader. Don't forget, you can check him out on Twitter. Father Harry one writes for mid-major madness, valleyhoopsinsider.com. And so what this team, speaking of uninspired university of Evansville, <laughs> you know, I, I liked them under Walter McCarty. Speaking of a guy, I, I had a relationship with, I knew Walter because, you know, before I worked in sports, I was a music agent. I produced concerts for Grammy winning bands, mostly R and B and hip hop. So a couple of years ago, I get this email through, but I was also, you know, I grew up, I was a failed athlete. I played high school basketball, sure, football, hockey, and all of it. So I, even though I was a music guy, I knew my sports very well, certainly my college basketball, football. So one day I get an email in my, my inbox saying, Hey, I'm looking to go on tour. And I see the name Walter McCarty. And I'm like, I know Walter, this can't be the same guy. So I start Googling him. <laughs> 
And sure enough, you know, it's, it, he didn't say anything about his basketball, but this dude's like 6'10". He's an R&B singer and he's pretty good. So finally, I'm like, I got to call this guy. I'm like, that's hilarious. There's a basketball player named Walter McCarty. He goes, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, so I ended up setting up a few club gigs for Walt. I said, hey, why don't we start with booking some shows in the state of Kentucky? Because I think you might sell a few. Absolutely. That's what we did. And so, yeah, but he's actually a pretty damn good singer. And then he kind of put on, he got hired by the Celtics. You know, anyway, unceremoniously dismissed by Evansville. Um, But uh, yeah, they've kind of been, you know, 9 and 16 last year, 7-11 in conference. You know, how do we see them shaping out in 2021-22? Well, they have everybody back and that, you know, that's the good news and the bad news, right? The good news is you got everybody back. The bad news is you've got everybody back uh, from a team that didn't win that many games. Uh, Todd Licklider's a, a, a tremendous coach, had a great run at Butler, not as good at Iowa. Uh, and, and he's turning them around and building a program there. They do have all four, they have four starters back, uh, good guards and Shamar Givens and, and, uh, and others that are all can shoot. Everybody on that team could shoot. Givens is a great driver. Juwan Newton, sorry, it's just finally his last name came to me. And, uh, but they, you know, everything's going to be about whether or not some of the other guys can step up. We know what those four guys are going to do, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be competitive, and they're going to play good defense, and they're going to run discipline offense. But they're a team that I, I don't think a lot of people are expecting a lot out of Evansville. Well, Sh- Shamar Givens, guy from Toronto, so show him some love. And, and, um, he's a, and he's outstanding, and he's their all-league guy, probably second or third, you know, in the recent poll. And, uh, and, and as a dynamic diver, you know, driver to the lane, I did a couple of their games last year on the ESPN plus package or whatever, and, and he can get to the rack. He's not big, but he can get there. So speaking of Canadians, and this is a team that's been pretty disappointing over the past couple of years, Valpo. Um, so Ben Cricky, then they bring in my guy, Darius Diavero, who mentioned I've called four years of his high school. Um, no Darius pretty well. And so, so going back, obviously they didn't play last year because of all the COVID nonsense, but the year before he was on a, the national championship winning team undefeated. Um, and he was the split time at point guard with Shamar Rattan Mace, uh, who was started at Youngstown state. And the two of them, I always said they're one, a one B they're they're kind Mm -hmm. of the same player. I think Darius, maybe a little bit of a better passer, not quite as, um, he doesn't play with a chip on his shoulder the way Shamar does. But, I mean, you know, Shamar, first team, uh, all Horizon League, uh, well, certain all freshmen anyway. Um, and I, I'm expecting kind of the same kind of results from Darius. But uh, some of the other guys on Valpo, uh, I mean, is, are we going to see the Valpo of years past or this inconsistent Valpo of the past couple of years? I think the big question, well, let me just say this. First, they signed four Big Ten guys out of the portal. And so three of them from Wisconsin, uh, one from Michigan State. Um, so I think you're going to see a different team. I was talking to Sheldon Edwards yesterday, uh, who's a guard who was a, on the all-freshman team last year for Valparaiso. I was talking to him yesterday. He is so high on this team. He said, we're, it, he said, I know it's just practice, but we're playing perfect basketball. They've got all these guys that came in from the Big Ten. All of them have two or three, four years experience. They know how to play the game. They were coached well. And uh, they've got some size this year that they didn't used to have. Uh, and so I think they're going to be a different team. The last week when you and I were talking with Matt Loddick, I said, man, this is the first time you've ever had veterans on your team since you've come to the Missouri Valley. And I think that makes a big, big difference. And, and what they have lost two years in a row is their best player that was a sophomore has left. Two years ago, it was Javon Freeman Liberty. This year, Donovan Clay. The big question long term is can Matt hold players? Can he keep players around? I think that's the big question. But they... 
uh, Trevor Anderson, a point guard for them that came from Wisconsin, I think is, is a pass first point guard. He can get some points, but he's, he's a guy that's going to get him in the right spot. And, uh, so they, they have guys, I think now with size and veteran experience that they won't be that kind of up and down team. They did finish fairly well last year. Uh, and I like Matt Lodick a lot, but the question, like I said, is the, can they, can they hold the team together? But Ben Cricky is a guy that can do everything for them. Uh, a junior who's man, he's just been one of the best players in the league, you know, all last year went from about five points a game as a freshman to like 12 last year, rebounds the ball, uh, never leaves the, he's the, one of those proverbial gym rats, never leaves the gym, works out morning, noon and night. Matt Lodick always says, he goes, when your best player never leaves the gym, it, gets the rest of the guys in the gym and so they have that going on there's a good vibe coming out of Valpo right now the uh the beacons they are no longer the crusaders they had a name change yeah. in the off season and so thomas uh there's headstrom and, and kithier who are a couple of the other big guys coming out of the big 10 uh, kobe king was a guy that didn't play last year he was at wisconsin two years ago and started for them and averaged 10 points a game I asked Sheldon Edwards about him yesterday. I said, well, tell me about his game. He said, he's a beast. He said, and he said, he's, he's going to radically change our whole team. And so a lot of pieces that we haven't seen up close, but great promise at Valpo. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, I think they're the wild card of the MVC this year. That's a team you, that could be a top two team or a bottom two team. We're, we're yeah. going to be fine out. So we only got about five minutes. So let's run through the last couple here. Bradley, 12 and 16 uh, last year, six and 12 in conference. I mean, quickly kind of one or two key guys you, you think for them. Well, they're, uh, Sean Henry is there. He's been a couple of years, uh, you know, all bench player, leaps out of the gym, six, six guy. I think he's from Canada. He is from Canada. He's a Canadian too. Oh, Saskatoon. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he's not an outside shooter, but he's a dynamic dunker, a terrific defender, outstanding rebounder. He's the guy they're going to build around. Uh, last year, they had internal problems. One of their guys got arrested. Their best player got arrested, had to leave the team. Uh, their defensive rim protector, Ari Boya, was out with an injury after nine games. They were six and three when he was with the team. And then they finished with whatever record you're talking about, uh, when he wasn't there to defend the rim. So uh, they're, they're going to be decent. Brian Wardle really gets his guys to defend and they'll be okay. Uh, it's a team that I love, especially how they finished last year, Southern Illinois, 12 and 14, but a really young team. So this is the team that's kind of coming into form. And I, I mean, I really like what they're doing and I think they have a legit shot of um, certainly making a deep run in the, in the MVC tournament. I, I wrote a story about them weeks ago saying they could be the one team that knocks off one of those four, meaning they could climb up into that top four. Uh, again, their best player, Marcus Damask, played only the first, uh, maybe missed the, maybe played the first 10 games and then didn't play the rest of the year. He's a 6'6 guy that plays uh, the wing um, and he rebounds. He, he's an outstanding shooter. And they lost their best player for the last two thirds of the season last year and still finished where they did because he couldn't play. Lance Jones became their go-to guy and became a second or third team, all league guy. He's a dynamic player. You mentioned Kyler Filowich a bit ago. Uh, they're down in, in Southern Illinois. They call him baby Crutwig. They think he's a lot like Crutwig and, uh, but he doesn't have to do it all his, all in his own. Uh, Devonzo, they kind of swapped time in the post. They've got some pieces. J.D. Mula was a junior college guy that they expected to be a rebounding horse who missed all of last year with an injury. He's now health, healthy and, and, and going to be ready to play. I, I think they are the dark horse that's not in that top four that could climb up there. Yeah, you mentioned Filowich. You know, I did his high school games up in Orangeville, and 
you know, he's only been focusing just on basketball now for what, 18, 19 months. It was a high school football star more so. Um, And when he went to Orangeville, that was the first year that he dropped football and just focused on basketball. So I really loved, I I watched just about every game he played um, because I got to know him and his parents a little bit. And I loved his late season battles with Crutwig. And I thought, hey, this is a good kind of masterclass for him to see this is the player I should be in the next two years. But I've got big hopes for, for Southern Illinois this year. I do too. And I like his game and and his game is the kind of game that can grow, right? He's going to grow into a college body and he's with experience. He's just going to keep refining those tools. And so finally, Illinois state, we got about two minutes, uh, seven and 18. Um, I mean, nowhere to go, but up, uh, (laughs) transfer coming in, Liam McChesney transfer from Utah state. I mean, anyone to be excited about on here? Uh, well, I think Anthony Reeves coming back, Antonio Reeves rather coming back. Uh, he flirted with the NBA and he's, a a really outstanding scorer. I think him coming back is the thing they can build around. They have signs of good freshmen and a couple of good portal guys. Uh, Mark Freeman that came over from Tennessee state was a all league or second team, all league or something like that at, at, at uh, in the OVC outstanding point guard. Maybe the, Dan Muller told me maybe the best point guard they've had since Paris Lee was there. And so, you know, they've got some pieces they can improve this year, but uh, you know, it's going to be a long haul because there's a lot of good teams in front of them. So. Well, Harry, we did it. We squeezed it in in under 40 minutes. That's amazing. Just in the nick of time. So Chris McKee joined by Harry Schrader. Of course, you can check him out on Twitter at Father Harry and the number one. You can check me out, of course, at Mr. McKee. Harry, thanks so much for joining me. And um, hopefully we can connect at some point during the season and keep talking mid-major hoops. At, at some point, I'll, I'll return the favor and you'll come on my podcast. How about of that? Of course, thousand percent. Hey, let me there know. You go. We could do an all Canadian special and, <laughs> and run through all the guys. I'd have to really do research then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Harry, enjoy the rest of your day. For those listening, I'll have this posted in the next 24 hours. Of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. Give us a follow on the socials. And thanks for listening. The undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. Can't stop him. Moncrief sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh.